said not to do impressions. Uh, I, I'm getting it out now, so I won't do it later. Yes, I will get it out now. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And this is my can of iced tea, which I'm opening right now for myself. Um, Say hi, can of iced tea. Hello. Um, <laughs> that's not how it sounds. See, it's only our second guest host on the Wages of Cinema. Uh, we've had... I guess, well, did you count Romney? Yes. But I guess George doesn't really count because he was sort of like in the he back. He was the sound guy. That's true, yeah. He was our... Uh... George was there when our audio sounded great. Yes. and We, we may... miss you, George. Yes, we may have him back someday. I mean, you know, he, he lives a little bit far, so that's what... It makes it a little bit uh, impractical to have him every show. But maybe someday we'll have better audio equipment. He so lives in it works Canada. Out. Um, so let's get talking, though, about something that happened this week. I mean, there was a lot that happened, and... Uh, two very sad, tragic things, which will make up the uh, main topic of the show. Uh, but first, um, Oscar nominees came out. Right. The the usual, uh, you know, rolling out of the meat of Hollywood. Um, <clears throat> now, again, you, you're you didn't know about this, so I'm going to read you the nominees, and you're hearing with fresh ears. Um, All right. Here are the nominees for Best Picture. Uh, there are eight this year. Um, we have, uh, The Big Short. All right. Um, Bridge of Spies. Matt. Uh, that, uh, movie Brooklyn, which I don't know if you remember I yeah, talked about. Yeah, the one about. about the Irish woman. Yes. The Irish, they love their coffee beans. That's, sorry, that's, <laughs> I have a weird, it's a Lewis Black line that's just lodged in my brain. Uh, all right, all right. It's random. Okay. Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, really? Oh, I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, The Martian. Uh, The Revenant. Right. Uh, Room and Spotlight. Now, of course, now among those movies, which one stands out? Uh, <laughs> Probably the one that you've seen, right? Yes. <laughs> this, Although you should but see the, the Martian. But here's, the, here's the great thing. I feel like now I have a, a much better interest in it. I, every time I watch the Oscars, even though I don't go to the theaters as much as you do, yeah, I, I'm always rooting for the f- films that I have seen. Right. Which is why when Winter Soldier was nominated for like best sound, less visual best effects se- or something like that, I'm like, come on, Winter Soldier. Yeah, but this year, all right. So here's the deal: the the movie that had the most nominations was The Revenant, got twelve. Right. But right behind that, with ten nominations, is Mad Max. So it's up for best picture. What best else? picture, best director, um, and basically all the technical awards that you could. Uh, Imagine it didn't get best score, which is kind of sad because the score by Junkie XL was quite good. But oh yeah, basically I, I all the that score. basically all the technical things you could think about, like makeup, sound editing, film editing, uh, production design, visual effects, uh, cinematography. You know, weirdly I might be enough, one. all the categories no one really seems to care about. Um, no, apparently not, and uh, of course they'll the be ones the ones where you can go get a snack or go to the bathroom at. Yes, although you occasionally will see people who are accepting their awards and they'll start to play the music because, hey, you know, who it's just a technical person. Yeah. But last year, you know, there were a couple of people who were like, no, 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 I'm not done. And I loved yeah. seeing that. I um, That was something I saw actually in the Golden Globes, which happened uh, also this past week. And uh, you had a couple of people who, you know, just kept talking. And one of them, interestingly... Um, Ennio Morricone won the 
uh, Golden Globe for Best Original Score. Oh, great. Yeah, he wasn't there, though, so who picks up on behalf of him? Quentin Tarantino. Of course. Yes. He has nothing better to do. Oh, no. And he gets up there, and he's <sighs> you know, accepting the award, and... Um, all right, you don't get to make a speech. No, but here's the... Well, he does make a speech, and he goes past the limit. Like, the music starts playing, and you hear him go, screw you, music, and he just keeps talking. That's, that's what he did when he got the, the Oscar. screenplay. Yeah, he's going to do that every Chained. time. Yeah. yeah. But the interesting thing that happened with him, by the way, just as a side note, <laughs> it, as he was coming up, you hear, you know, they have some somebody announce on in narration, and the winner is Ennio Morricone. This is the third Golden Globe for Ennio Morricone's score. Tarantino yeah. gets up there and he says, you know, this is the first time that Ennio Morricone has won a Golden Globe. <laughs> Oops, bit of a gaffe there. Um, but um, so, yeah, good for Mad Max. I was yeah. uh, quite surprised by that. I mean, there were a few, you know, people here and there online who were like, why isn't Star Wars up for Best Picture? We know why. <laughs> Yeah, because the movie has problems. Yeah, what was the interesting thing? I when Star Wars, Star, by, by the when way, the first it, Star Wars. I'm sorry. Got, when the first Star Wars came out, yeah, it, it was nominated for best picture. Best picture, it best director. Get, it didn't get it, but it got uh, you know all the all the awards for effects and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, it was. You know, it, I think we've talked uh, off air about how you know we're reading the making of Star Wars book. Yeah. Which maybe we'll talk about someday more on the air, but. One of the interesting things about that book is the fact that whatever you want to say about George Lucas today, he created ILM. Oh, yeah. And without ILM, you wouldn't have most of the blockbusters you have today. Yeah. That, or that could be argued. I mean, the, the innovation. Now, whether that's that, good or bad to you is up to you. No, but, but, but just on a technical level, what that company created specifically for Star Wars is just. It's staggering. They created a camera. They created a whole system. They changed how you saw special effects in a movie. Yeah. You know, nothing can really quite top that. I guess maybe the closest you can get to is when uh, Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park, you know, successfully created digital when, characters. Yeah, when, when digital effects really came into their own. Um, now, the other things to mention, uh, so among the Best Actor nominees, uh, for Best Actor, you have uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, for Trumbo, Matt Damon for The Martian, uh, DiCaprio for The Revenant, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs, and uh, good old Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl. Okay. Um, and uh, so the list goes on. I mean, I don't know if I should read more of these, but uh, uh, in the Best Actress, you have Kate Blanchett, Brie Larson, Jennifer Lawrence, Charlotte Rampling. Uh, A lot of repeats in there. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but the interesting thing this year... Uh, or it's more interesting, it's a bit controversial, is that once again, uh, we have another year where there are uh, no nominees of color. You don't have any African-American nominees. You don't have any Spanish nominees. You don't have anybody like that. It's all white, 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 white. Like, even, and it, it, the interesting thing too, by the way, The Hateful Eight only got three nominations. Jennifer Jason Lee uh, for her performance, Cinematography, and, of course, Morricone. And right. I, I suspect Morricone will win. I hope now, so. Even though, I mean, yeah, John Williams is in there for Star Wars and uh, a couple other notable people. Um, but um, but the, Tarantino, kind I feel like he kind of got snubbed, possibly, for the screenplay Oscar. Now, granted, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the possible issues with the movie. But <clears throat> the movie that interested me that... Wow, this got nominated for best screenplay. Was uh, straight out of Compton. 
Huh. Which, again, I talked about this movie a while back on the show, but as enjoyable as that movie was, that the third act of that movie had some big problems. Like, mm. there was literally a scene in that movie where they show Ice Cube sitting at his computer typing out the script to Friday, <laughs> saying, damn, I wrote a great script today. And I'm like, no. <laughs> stop, movie, stop. And... You know, the fact that that is now an Oscar nominee. And the funny thing is, though, all the writers are white who on Stray Out of Compton. So even though the movie had a pretty good uh, supporting actor uh, for the movie Creed, uh, the actor who played uh, Apollo Creed's son, Adonis Creed, didn't get nominated. Samuel Jackson was snubbed. Hmm. Um, you know, Idris Elba was in a Netflix movie that got snubbed. So there's been a – like, there's actually now on Twitter this hashtag uh, going around, Oscar's so white <laughs> – <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any thought on that? Oh, I don't. It's it's I mean, it's always it's complicated. A tough, it, it's I know, and it's and it's not as if somebody said, "All right, no no black actors this year." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get out of here, you n words. No, that did not happen. You're giving me a look like did I just say that? No, no. I'm 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 speaking as if in uh, you're, quotes. You're speaking. Yeah, I, I, like you're not saying. No, no. I'm saying. not personal. Say, no, the point is the. It's not like the the, the people who are. I but still, it's they're it's, not. It, it doesn't look great. No, it doesn't look good at all. The problem is, of course, is that it's a little bit more systemic. It's the fact that the industry, by and large, are uh, or the people who vote for the nominees are predominantly white, white older males. What's up, whiteies? Whiteies. Um, and you know, and and a the lot of nominee times, for best actress, Eddie Redmayne for the Danish girl. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great twist? That would be pretty funny. I would have loved to have seen that. I mean, I would have loved to have seen him off of the ballot altogether. I mean, I haven't seen The Danish Girl yet, but just something about everything I've heard about that movie, it just sounds like some soft Oscar stuff. But you could still say it's a great performance. Possibly. Even in a terrible movie. Yeah, no, no, that that, that that's but true. As for me, I haven't seen the Danish. The problem is also with the Oscars, and we've talked about this before. It's ultimately as important as they are. It still comes down to a popularity contest. Yeah, and it comes down to taste. You know, I guess part of the issue is that if you know if you have more diversity in the system itself, then you have more people of mixed races voting on other performances that. You know, at the moment, are not in there, and then also other times that certain black actors are nominated and win for Oscars. Like the last ones um, in 2013, you had 12 Years a Slave, right? Yeah, a couple actors from that. Um, uh, the movie Precious, uh, based right. on a novel by Sapphire, uh, <laughs> based on the novel Push by Sapphire. I always have to say the full Remember title. Remember the full subtitle. Yes. Um, you know, it's. I don't know, I'm trying to think of like actors from the past just 15 years, like from the first 20, you know, the 21st century. You know, people, I guess Denzel Washington, Halle Berry won in 2001, and that seemed like, oh my God, two two black actors, you're crazy Hollywood. But um, <laughs> and um, but I guess the the part of the a lot of the criticism I've been reading this week is that. <laughs> like certain, you know, you don't, see, you don't see movies just showing like a basic struggle. It has to be about the big black struggle. It has to be about things like slavery, uh, Django Unchained. But like a movie like Creed, which is just about 
a guy trying yeah. to box yeah, it's not doesn't about, get in there. Yeah, it's not about any any giant cause. It's about one man's struggle. Yeah. And he happens to be black. Yeah. And I guess also the, the point a lot of people were making was you had a movie that Creed was directed also by a black director and Black Star, who gets nominated? Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that's and by the way, that's awkward. There, he's probably going to win. Really, I have a feeling he might. I, you know, if you look at the history of the Academy, they just have this whole thing about legacy wins. Mm. People who win after years and years of nothing, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I remember that guy. Here, yeah. you know, like the thing I keep going back to is they're going to give it to him because they didn't give it to him earlier for Tango and Cash. Uh, or stop or my mom will shoot right or uh or uh <laughs> let's think up other still or uh, cliffhanger oh cliffhanger is a success i was thinking of like his bad movies what was the one where he wakes up in the future huh Wake, wakes up in the future i know it's not demolition man it's no no it is really yeah i was him thinking, and wesley snipes i was thinking that that was steven seagal or something no right. you never saw demolition man no oh that movie's so much fun i you would especially enjoy it because it's like you know th- these two these two guys a cop and a criminal are frozen in 1996 and <laughs> They're re Judge Dredd. They're reawoken thirty years later, and society is all completely descent like desensitized, and everything is really safe. And if you curse, you get like a ticket oh. <laughs> that comes out of places. Like the, the 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 two guys, they they get unfrozen, and in order to fight each other with guns, they have to go to a museum <laughs> to get <laughs> weapons out of the uh, display cases because <laughs> all weapons are banned. Huh. It's a pretty fun movie. Like. I mean, there are a couple of things that you could say, oh, why is that in there? Like, Rob Schneider is in it. But it's before Rob Schneider was Rob there, Schneider. again, Judge Dredd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why did he get an Oscar for Judge Dredd? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. So that's the Oscars. If you have any thoughts on the Oscars... Send us an email, uh, wagesofcinema at gmail.com, and you can also visit us on Facebook at the Wages of Cinema Podcast. Um, now, the other thing before... Tell us why Eddie Redmayne deserves Best Actress this year. <laughs> oh, man, that's... <laughs> oh, God. I, I almost want to see the Danish girl now just so I can... Just so you can make jokes about it? Yeah, kind of. Just so you can tweet jokes about... Uh... Transsexual Oscars. It's just I find Eddie Redmayne just kind of mockable. After you know, again, you haven't seen Jupiter he, Ascending yet. He's adorable though. Oh man, uh, you you saw his we, Oscar acceptance speech we'll last have, year. Yeah, How he just nerded out on the Academy. You mm-hmm. can't you can't dislike him. You you could say he's not probably. You could say he didn't deserve the the Oscar, but no. you can still say, oh, he's too cute to say no to. No, uh, which is why he deserves Best Actress this year. <laughs> Not against Brie Larson. She was great. Um, um, and, uh, no, but uh, I was just about to say, like, for movie night, we will watch Jupiter Ascending. And Yay! It'll, be, it'll be awesome. And you will see why he is an actor worth mocking. All right. Because his performance in that is, it's one for the ages. But I will find him. Why are you not Michael Shannon? I, 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 I'm, I'm... Sorry. Okay. I was thinking about something, and it'll take too long to explain why I did it. It's fine. So let's move on to the next thing to make both of us look better. All right. So, 
Uh, right before we started recording, uh, I asked if you would watch the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. You said you did not. I showed it to you, and you looked confused. Oh. All right. <laughs> Let, let's get something out of the way. I... L- no, this is this is just the, the it, okay. You had no idea this was coming out. I had no idea. I know me neither. I love Cloverfield. I I do not. I, I, it's, I, it's not bad. I just find it a little overrated. Cloverfield to me was a fresh take on a genre that I loved as a kid. The mon- the giant monster movie, okay. and I thought they did a great job with it. It was exciting. I saw it in the theater and I loved it. Fell in love with it. Okay, and. They they talked for a while about a, a sequel and then it kind of died down and while I was I was hopeful I thought that's eh, probably not going to happen and and I, and I was okay all right but then I come here tonight and you say hey ten Cloverfield Lane I'm like what <laughs> that was the reaction and, of pretty much everybody on the internet right and and I was actually I was on the side of like oh new Cloverfield movie okay because <laughs> I I wasn't crazy about the movie I thought it was well executed yeah. i thought it had an interesting concept uh but i needed something more i needed characters i could get behind i needed some logic and it wasn't all there for me it felt like an assault on my senses um now is it the worst found footage movie or something no. i've ever seen no it's it's <laughs> fun but i i just proved that no but i think that cloverfield 2 the ghost uh, dimension <laughs> Make sure to have your special 3D glasses for all the segments where Cloverfield appears. But, um, so in other words, when I saw this, like people were posting about this on social media, I'm like, okay. Then I was on YouTube and, you know, you know, you have like those long ads and it's like, oh, here's the trailer for 10 Cloverfield. All right, I'll just watch this. Oh, it's not found footage. Oh, John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I love them. And I like this song. And... This this looks interesting, and I I look it up online, and the director um, is this guy named I want to get his name right. It's like Dan Trachtenberg or something. Was he the, what? I can't believe it. I don't know the, the original director of Cloverfield. Yeah, uh, Matt Reeves. Guy? Okay, so no, same guy. Um, no, no, no. The um, no, yeah, Matt Reeves went on to do um, Let Me In and the one of the Planet of the Apes sequels. Um, so he did a remake. He did and a sequel. Remake. He did a sequel to a reboot, and which was actually a really good movie. So now he's doing another sequel. No, 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 no. He's not doing Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, sorry. Dan, I, I got this guy Dan Trachtenberg, and it's his first feature. He's kind of known for doing a Portal fan film. Oh, okay. I don't know. If you might maybe you've seen it. Maybe not. It Probably was, not. It was a very slickly done thing. Which uh, you know, I like that game a lot, and seeing. This per- this guy just make a his own fan film, but with really great special effects and quality. I'm actually really excited for this movie. Now, again, it could all just be a ruse. J.J. Abrams has a tendency to sometimes put a lot of mystery into stuff, but right. you have to give credit that they kept this under wraps up to the point where, oh, here's the trailer. You don't see that anymore. And I'm not sure, necessarily sure that was a good idea, because oh. e- even I hate no, even I, I love Cloverfield. I wasn't looking for another sequel because I thought it wouldn't happen. So you thought if they it, it was done with. I thought it was done. And I, I was okay yeah. with that. But and then maybe if they built it up a little bit more, I would have come here knowing that this this trailer was a thing. Okay. But 
that aside... You looked very disappointed at, at the end of the trailer. I wasn't disappointed. I'm just not sure what's going on. It is very... <laughs> what we call J.J. Abrams, It's there's a, this whole thing called the mystery box. Right. Where he puts a lot of emphasis on, you don't know what it is. You will find out eventually, eventually, eventually. Like... But that trailer, I just, I for me, as just a trailer in of itself, it did what a trailer should do a lot of times and doesn't. You know, because a lot of times a trailer will tell you too much about a movie. With that, I felt like I got enough out of it where, hmm, I have to, I wonder what is going on here. Like, what what's the relationship between John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Winstead and whoever the other kid is in yeah. it? You know, is he their father? Is he somebody else why is she you know and you guys should watch the video yourself so that you know what we're talking about it'll just take you a minute and a half go go press pause go watch the trailer but but for me it's, it's very jarring because it clearly clearly there's an implication of monsters in this trailer but there's this whole other i it's we're talking about trailer we don't talk about spoilers no uh, <laughs> I, no but well, we don't even people, know what's going on it's these people in a bunker and then one of them is trying to escape and once they get to the top, you're like, oh, the surface world is... No! And John Goodman us. keeps saying, no, don't, don't go out You'll there! You'll kill us all! Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know how it all fits together. I mean, I, I when I saw that logo, I'm like, okay, this is definitely a Cloverfield sequel. I'm like, yay? <laughs> but I don't know what else to think. It is odd. I'm, I'm like, excited. There is the downside that... Because it's not its own thing, because of that title, there fan people like you who really, really love the movie, you'll have an expectation going into it. Right. You know, if it was its own movie doing its own thing, maybe it wouldn't have to please anybody. Like for me, I want to see the movie just because of oh hey, I, I love John Goodman. I, I want to see him have a really nice role. I haven't seen Mary Elizabeth Winstead in a while. Um not oh, since the thing prequel. Oh, she's done stuff since that. That's the only other thing I could think of. <laughs> oh God, that, that's that's sad that that's the thing that you would that thing you would think. I, of. But you seem to be hooked by the mystery of this as well. I'm. Let me put it this way: I'm not like I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm more intrigued. Well, for one thing, I think that part of it is if this had if if this had been another found footage movie, if they were doing that angle, I would not be interested at all I and actually, i'm actually i'm actually glad it's not found footage either too. yeah I, I i am so done with found footage movies they need to take a break it doesn't have to go away forever but they need to stop for a while they probably should i mean uh i i didn't want another found footage film because like what, what would we have just the same plot again people yeah. trying to es to escape and maneuver around this Cloverfield monster. And that doesn't appeal to me. I I'm glad it's not a found footage film because this opens avenues to different sorts of plots, different sorts of yeah. characters, you know, a, a, a deeper analysis of the world where this monster right. exists. Here's my theory after watching the trailer. And uh, All right. I didn't even go online to really look at that much stuff. This just sort of occurred to me. So the movie is, it's, it's sort of a sequel, but because again, it's not the same characters. It no. almost has. It well, could almost have the thing of an anthology series, where we're now in the world where this monster created in the Cloverfield Project exists. Maybe we're jumping ahead years later, where monsters rule the Earth, and you have all these people living in this bunker, and 
you know, they're trying to protect themselves. And what, what if they get out? I mean, again, there's a lot of stuff that's probably not being shown. That's what J.J. Abrams does. He, you I, know, yeah. If you go he, back he, to the first Cloverfield trailer, that was all about mystery. If if J.J. Abrams were in a sex shop, he would have the French. T- he would have the tickler, the French thing. He would and have a blindfold. Like, yes, <laughs> he would be so into just like teasing out that. You know, he would be trying to get a for, for to get explicit. He'd be trying to get a rise to the point where he would just explode in your pants. <laughs> All right, uh, enough of that. So I think about. I mean, that's what the the Halloween series tried to do. They tried to be hmm. an anthology. Well, where they <laughs> for one movie. Yeah, it didn't work out. You're right. It, uh, it could have been interesting if it had worked out. But I get. But the thing is, people have but, been so but conditioned. Michael, but Michael Myers was so, was so popular that they're like, why is there no Michael Myers in this film? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Nobody properly explained. Oh, and this this film doesn't have Michael Myers. This is about a you know a conspiracy of killing children with Halloween masks. Yay! <laughs> have you ever seen Halloween three? No, it's not very good. I didn't think there's so. the over time. Like I, I thought that maybe I'd missed something. Like I had first seen it when I was about 12 or 13 and it didn't impress me at all. And then I thought over time, as people have come forward and said, Oh, Halloween three is great. It's so underrated. Like, okay, let me give this another shot. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not the worst horror movie ever, but it has a lot of things that are just not very good about it. Speaking of the worst ever, Oh, let's uh, Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next three two months. Yes, uh, but we have to go back in time now to a week ago where we watched what what's been the what is probably the worst movie we've seen in a long time. Yeah, uh, the worst movie. This is the worst movie we've seen since Penetration Angst. Do you think it was worse than uh, Saving Christmas? Saving Christmas is in a category all its own. <laughs> Could you even call that a movie? Yes. I, it barely functions as a movie. It's more like a lecture. But it was nowhere near as bad as some of the worst films you've ever seen. <clears throat> this film that we saw, this saw has this has one tri- of the worst. This has the trifecta. This has uh, immense volcanic technical incompetence. Right. It has massive unbridled ego. <laughs> Right, and it has uh, story and characters that are non-existent, if even if they make sense at all, which I'm I'm not sure they do. Right, um, and the movie's called Double Down. Yes, this comes now. For those of you who don't know, there is a uh, you know it doesn't just stop at at Tommy Wiseau or James Nguyen. Nguyen Nguyen. I don't know James Nguyen. Oh, is that how you pronounce his that's, name? That's how you pronounce it in real life. We just like to say... We, we just like you say, just like to say... See, you like to say like that. Yeah. I never said it that way. You just... You did. You it's funny. It All right. But the point is, this guy, Neil Breen, uh, took it upon himself to make uh, a movie called Double Down in 2005. Featuring himself. Yes. He, um, he is the writer, the director, the producer. Um, he actually puts himself as caterer. <laughs> in the credits do you remember i have remember? never seen anyone do that oh my god film. when we watch we watch the end credits for this movie if you happen to get through it watch the end credits it lists things as none 
Do you remember that? Yeah. It listed like camera crew, none. Yeah. Like pe- a certain clearly. Roles. Yeah. Clearly, there was no camera crew on this. One. <laughs> remember yeah. at the end of the Mystery Science Theater episode of Manos, the Hands of Fate, they had the credits at the end, and it was like crew, crew. Like, you can't get me to believe that there was a crew on this film. And then finally, here's a film that's, that's, that dares to say, nope, we didn't have a crew on this film. Oh. Enjoy. <laughs> All right. Here's – let me just start this off by – let me just quickly read you're the not, – You're not going to summarize this, are you? <laughs> I'll just read the, what's on what, – I'll just read what the plot says on IMDb. It's okay. two sentences. An edgy action thriller set in Las Vegas during a terrorist attack. A brilliant computer loner takes control of the city and the attack as he fights with his fits of overwhelming depression and obsessions with love and death. Does computer loner? Does he does he lend people computers? <laughs> Is that a hyphenated word? I no, it's brilliant computer loner, but it's spelled loner like L O N E R. Not L O A N E R. Computer loner? Like he's alone. Like, I'm a you, loner. You could be a loner. You can't be a computer loner. <laughs> that's like. Well, like, how else would you describe who like, he is? He's alone in the desert. That's with like his... if I was a carpenter and I ha- and I had a hammer. Does that make me a hammer loner? <laughs> no, that's not a description. <laughs> Do you think he wrote that description himself? I hope so. Head <laughs> of publicity, me. Okay, so I don't know if we could describe this movie. It what what, what the, it is We're cool. just wa- we're just watching this guy it's, with lots of narration describe how he controls the world and yet lives in the desert eating cans of tuna. <laughs> yes, he has Oh, and also let's talk about the fact that he has like five different laptops, all of which are about 30 years old. <laughs> They're all the Even first... by the standards of the world he lived in. <laughs> yeah. By, of the time this film was made. <laughs> and he... I mean, Birdemic is a terrible film. Yeah. But you get a sense that a man spent money to hire people to make a film. Well, well, but, well, one, barely, well barely. He made it himself. one man and a few friends... And he's just pointing cameras at things and doing nothing else. (laughs) And then he did most of his work in the recording booth with the narration. Yes. It it makes the room look good. Yes. Like, you know, at least with the room, Tommy Wiseau was an egotistical weirdo. But he did have the sense, okay, I want to hire a cameraman. I want to hire a sound operator. I want to have lights. I want to have... Maybe a dolly track. I want to have two different kinds of cameras. <laughs> because he didn't know the difference. Okay, right. we'll let that go. But here, this is a guy who... Could we say that he's... Do we say he's borderline paranoid? Or he's kind of a... Is he a conspiracy theorist? This movie seems to like reflect a lot of crazy post-9-11 mania. And religious... I uh, guess fervor, and, but in strange ways that even like Ben Carson would find excessive. <laughs> this makes the grain in the pyramids look sane. At least that you have like 
I don't know, something to work from. But... I mean, but this thing is all over the place. Yeah, well... And what... not in, like, that sort of Hudson Hawk sort of no, uh... self-indulgent oh, sort of oh my God, Hudson... all over the place. Oh, this is oh. just... These are just <laughs> words on a page. Put it all out. <laughs> lay my brain oh, oh on my a God. book. Hudson Hawk, I'm all sorry. All over the place. I'm, I'm, I want to apologize to Hudson Hawk, okay? <laughs> You you are more confident in this movie. At least you had a budget. Thank you. Yes. Um. At least you had Danny Aiello, who, you know, uh, who can who cannot like Danny Aiello. He's like. And it had singing. Well, let's not get into that. Okay. All right. Um. We can at least be thankful that he just. It's like if you crack open the it's like if you're talking to a crazy person on the street who at first tells you about his dead wife and then immediately without skipping a beat goes into why he's secretly controlling all the world's satellites and computers and then why he's all alone and miserable it's it's the ramblings uh, well, of a homeless person yes on in a movie yeah <laughs> and of course this guy is you know, at least with Tommy Wiseau, he's so, like, weird, but at least but he, he has some kind of... He exists inside some sort of filmmaking framework mm. where he's trying to make a film the best he can. He's just not good at it. Yeah. This is a guy who has no idea what he's making. And, but also, as an actor, he's just... I was talking more about an actor than as a director. Like, Tommy Wiseau on screen... You can't take your eyes off him because he's such a he, he's like Gonzo the Muppet. Right. He's just like this figure who's just is he about to dance with cheese or something? Yeah. Whereas Neil Breen, he's just dull. He's nothing. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau is a bad actor, but Neil, he's an actor. Neil Breen. Neil Breen is not anything. Neil Breen he's was not an actor. He's not a director. He is just. Ah, I read a big blank space, like some sort of Zen riddle. So my uh, Corey uh, sent me an article about this guy, and apparently he was an interview with him. He he's an architect, huh? Yeah, or he he was working as an architect or something like that for a long time. And uh, I mean, I should send you some of these art like articles because he. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he's not like when you read interviews with Tommy Wiseau, it's magical. Yeah. You have so many fun things to read because you, he 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 talks like you think he would, whereas Neil Breen is just delusional. He thinks he's making these things that are important, and Double Down is just a, it's a fiasco of monumental proportions. It's, uh, I mean, <laughs> the, well, trying to like we watched after we were done watching the movie, I showed you that segment from the the, the series Best of the Worst. Yeah. And part of like why I wanted to watch this movie was seeing how they often will they'll watch a bad movie and then they'll try to work through the plot, you know, even as bad as it is. In this movie, the guy's head was about to explode yes. <laughs> trying to explain what happens because nothing connects. No. Nothing connects from one scene to the next. Like there's no glue, you know. And then there's just random things like <clears throat> the way like his I guess it's his wife is killed or yeah. something or dies and. They just show a shot of her floating in a pool, and then he joins her, and you get to have the... <laughs> you I get forgot to... about that. And then you get to have the glorious sight of his nutsack. Oh. 
Oh, uh, that that's that that sums it up. A guy's naked ass with balls in your face. Oh God, I. This was one for the ages, man. I know. I don't know. It goes. It goes right up there in the pantheon with the room after last season. Yeah. Birdemic. Mm-hmm. Any any other ones you want to add? Um, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Uh, I might put I Spit on Your Grave up there, but that's just a personal. Uh, right. I'm not gonna say personal preference because I hate that movie, but a personal dislike like that. You prefer really got to think to of me. this movie as terrible. I prefer to think of Double Down as terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's it's it's. I will say it's uniquely. It's it is certainly unique, but it's also something that. There's a part of me that I could see why this hasn't become like the room, because even though it's bad, it there are a few parts that are very funny. Like when the scene where he's driving and trying to eat the tuna and he swerves off the road. It's just is that supposed to be a funny moment? Is that supposed to be tension filled? Uh, what does that mean? What was he trying to do? In in terms of film editing, I will go through a scene with my film editor and ask, What is this scene about? These scenes are about nothing. Yeah, this is there is no discussion with any editor in this. <laughs> and, but the thing is, if you were to talk to somebody about this film, if you were to talk to somebody about the making of this film, you would not get any interesting story about a person's intent or or about anybody's sort of artistry. You yeah. would just get I pointed the camera at him while he was doing this thing. And then I press the button to make it record. Yeah. Because that's what it feels like. It's almost depressing in that sort of way. <laughs> yeah. There's not that much information on the uh, on IMDb about this movie. Like, like if you try to look up the camera, it doesn't tell you anything like that. It, if you try to look up any articles, there's nothing about that. Um, I put up my review, and I think I was one of maybe eight or nine reviews. Um there's one there are a couple of reviews on the external site where it says worst there's one link for worst movies ever made <laughs> and then there's another link for Z grade theater which you can imagine what yeah. that is so but we made it we made it through that um it's it was one of those experiences that I don't like do you think that because we watched another movie after that we watched that movie the machine do you think that movie would have been any better if we'd watched it outside of the context of seeing Double Down? Uh, the Machine? The Machine was kind of just okay, though. Yeah, The Machine was okay. It looked pretty good compared to Double Down. Well, that's that's that goes without saying, but that, The Machine also had its own problems. But it had some cool things. It was well, like... It, 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 it had, had enough, actors. It had enough cool things in it that you'd be like, oh, I'm entertained. It had... So, like, Well, the movie, just to give it... I, I want to talk, just talk about it not too long, but that movie had Katie Lotz, who... Um, she plays uh, Black Canary in the Arrow uh, TV series, right. and she'll also be in a new series called and League of has, Tomorrow. What's his name? Dennis Lawson, who was Wedge in Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um, and at least there you could say, okay, those are two real actors. Uh, right. I don't know who the other lead. I mean, but all was. the other people were acting. They were know, trying they were to have. Okay. They were making a real movie. Yeah. It helps put things in perspective. They weren't eating tuna in the desert. So. Yeah. It was funny how I still remember that. You know, it's almost been now. If you can believe it, in two months it'll be six years since that magical night where we watched The Room and after last season. Yeah. And it's funny how we watched The Room first, 
And, you know, that that's the first time you watch a room. That set the bar pretty low. It set the bar low, and somehow, after last season, went lower. It crawled underneath. <laughs> it turned into, it like, burrowed through the earth and went no, underneath the not bar. not even that. Do you remember in Ant-Man how... Um, Corey stole uh, his. He shoots the guy, the yeah. people, and they turned to little pieces of jelly. Right. That's after last season. After last season, turned into a little piece of jelly that crawled under the bar that was set so low by the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, double down. You 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 would recommend it? Yes. It is on YouTube. We should say that if you do want to check I out Double Down. I am recommending it because it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Watch it with friends, though. I think if I had tried oh, to yeah, watch... Oh, th yeah, this is not something to do by yourself. If you watch Double Down by yourself, that's the perfect recipe for suicide. That is basically <laughs> the recipe for, all right, let me get a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels and a shotgun. <laughs> you know, let's... <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong? Oh, people... People. All right. Um, now, just to talk briefly, um, I don't know if we should do this in any formal type of format, but I watched a couple new movies this week that I could talk about. Good. Um, should I just talk about them first, or do you want to talk about anything? Uh, I don't really have too many films to talk about, but let's. Uh, what did you see recently? Well, um, well, in terms of here's a good movie. Um, I saw a new version of Macbeth oh. in the theaters. Uh, yeah, this is a... Uh, it's a new production that I don't know if it might still be in some theaters. Uh, it star it stars Michael Fassbender as uh, Macbeth in the titular role and Marion Cotillard as Lady Macbeth. Ah, oh, that sounds like uh, that sounds like great casting. Yeah, it's and it's set you know in you know period setting. It's in set, Macbeth times. Yes, in in Macbeth times. In the actual, it's I don't know where they shot exactly, but they made it look exactly. It is in. It looks like the Scottish Highlands. Okay. To put it that way, um, you know, and they have real dirty, gritty battle scenes. Uh, one thing I appreciate about this movie, uh, the movie kind of opens with a battle scene, and at first I was a little worried because it started to do that slow motion Zack Snyder thing, but it didn't bother me because the guy actually went slower than Zack Snyder usually does. There was something about the way that he was shooting it that looked more interesting. <gasps> um, as I, you know, obviously if you have these two actors. You know, you can't go wrong. Uh, a problem that sometimes I have, even though Macbeth, it's, I don't know if I'd say it's my be it's a Shakespeare's best, but it's my personal favorite Shakespeare play. Mm. It's sometimes hard to understand sometimes what they're saying, even after you've watched it so many times. That's Certain true. phrases go out there. Um, I, I really like the direction of this movie. Uh, it's not a pleasant movie to watch, of course. This is one of Shakespeare's darkest plays. So... Um, you know, it's pretty grim. It's pretty bloody. It's shot with a lot of color. The color red is a main thing in here. Um, and one last interesting thing: the the director and the same stars will be making an Assassin's Creed movie okay. this year. So I heard about that. I'm uh, I'm not a big fan of the Assassin's Creed series. Uh, me neither. Films. But I just found it interesting that maybe it could be the first real movie. All right. All right. Cool. So uh, the other thing I could talk about is that. Last night, I I thought maybe I was being a little unfair, like, the first time I saw The Revenant, because it was one of those days where I saw it in, in, in the evening, and it was after a long day where I'd been up for a while, and I hadn't gotten a lot of sleep the night before. I thought maybe maybe I wasn't totally fair to it. Uh, so I saw it again last night, and no. I think pretty, I, I feel pretty much the same about it. 
a impressively acted movie, but it doesn't have a lot of soul. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I still, I could still recommend for people to see it, but among the Oscar nominees, it's just missing. You watch a movie and you almost can't verbalize it, but it's missing something. Yeah. Like when I watched Matt, I, yeah. When I, I felt a similar way when I saw, uh, this is going to be a real contrast, but I saw the film Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, no, I know, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. like I, I said, you know, this is a film that I should like because, you know, it has all the things I like. It has some action, it has the, the time period. Yeah. But, I, but there's something this film is missing. Yeah. And I, I didn't figure it out till later. I, you'll you'll figure out exactly what this what The Revenant well, is missing well, as, you, as you reflect on it. I think part of it is that it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the movie has a familiar story. And, you know, it's a revenge narrative. You know, you killed my boy, now prepare to die. You know, it's basically that. And simple isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes if you strip something down, it's good. But there was just... I can't... It's like I just can't really pinpoint why. Maybe it's... Again, the movie is so beautiful. It is so gorgeous to look at. But it's like its beauty overwhelms it. Um, Maybe Gladiator was similar in that sort of way. Although Gladiator was not always a pleasant movie to look at no um but in the same way i mean gladiator that's not that original story no i I don't think because i don't think the way you're talking about it i don't think that your problem is with the story okay i I haven't seen it either i don't know what you're talking about so that's pretty much it you'll figure it out all right um i watched a couple other movies that uh, they're not i don't have to talk about them that much uh um i saw a hitchcock movie that i'd never seen before jamaica inn oh cool um, you ever hear that? Yeah, it was actually it was it was more enjoyable than I thought. I I'd hear I've heard both a lot of not so good things. Like it's one of Hitchcock's weaker films, but then our friend Matt Rosen said it was one of his best films, and yeah, that was maybe a it, Matt opinion. It, it could depend upon really what you're expecting. <clears throat> yeah, no. Well, if you're expecting a Hitchcock movie, I mean, sometimes in... if you go into it saying like, oh, this is one this is one of his least impressive films, but I'm going to watch it because I want to be a Hitchcock completionist. You'll come out of it and you'll be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. That's actually pretty good. Well, even in the lesser Hitchcock movies I've watched, I get something out of them. But with this, you you get Charles Lawton's the villain, and he's just having a time of his life. And for most of the movie, he has to kind of pretend that... Because he's playing a character who's this sort of prissy, regal law like person not law person he's but he's an upper class type but he's secretly also the the leader of a pirate gang hmm. and <clears throat> this guy who's undercover in the pirate gang uh and he's a cop reveals himself to think to the lord thinking the thinking like hey i'm a cop can you help me out uh, yeah sure and he has to act like he's still this guy around his pirate gang <laughs> so obviously it's very enjoyable to see that um the late Oh, why am I forgetting? Maureen O'Hara. Oh, I hope I'm getting that name right. She's in it. She's really good. I don't much else to say about it, but if you like to see Hitchcock movies and you want to be a completionist, go check it out. Great. All right. I don't know. Is there anything that you saw this week that you feel like talking about? Well, I did watch... Uh, I watched Best in Show. Oh, okay. Had you ever seen that before? No, but I had seen... Uh... You'd seen the Christopher Guest-style work. Like, yeah, This is Spinal I, Tap. I, I, I've seen This is Spinal Tap. I've seen... Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Waiting for Guffman. I've seen that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's 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 along the same lines. I'm not a huge fan of the improv style. I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, it's it's very funny. Yeah, there's a lot of funny stuff in that movie. Yeah. Uh, 
Especially if you like yeah. watching people who are obsessive and. And the uh, thing, and it, the thing that doesn't connect to me either is this is all about dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm not a dog person. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I well, I, I think you could still find something about. And again, I'd never even watched a dog show before. Like I, it was fun when I first saw that movie. The the around that time I was watching a lot of wrestling, and when I would turn on USA sometimes, thinking that wrestling would be on. Instead, it would just be like a dog show. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm just watching dogs walking around. This is so boring. And it was good. Uh, the, th- the thing I did see, though, that I, re- I want to talk about a little more is I saw a documentary waiting, uh, looking for, sh- uh, searching for Sugar Man. Okay. You've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. And I, I, was, I was watching this in the morning just before going to work, and I was, I was hooked on this, this film right from the beginning. And... Man, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just a really cool documentary with a really decent mystery. Did you want to check and get the soundtrack afterward? Well, I... It's a good sound... It's good it music. It's a good soundtrack. Uh, I wasn't particularly moved to get this soundtrack. Okay. Even though I think the soundtrack will... All, all of the... Uh, actually, I, I won't spoil it. But... Uh, well, no, no, no. Just, but... a, just a cool mystery, like cool history, and this very intriguing story that you think shouldn't happen in modern day life what i think is important is that if you watch it don't look up anything about this guy no because go in as fresh as you possibly can because i did what like i did good because i well after i watched the movie i went online and searched a little bit about uh this guy um who who made rodriguez yeah his name is rodriguez um you know, like Prince, he has to have one name. Uh, he has a longer name. But without saying too much, I mean, the documentary, it does it creates a narrative, yeah. which may not be completely true to what is in real life, but, again, take it as its own story, and it works well. It, in a way, it's like it creates its own context and world, and you believe it as a movie, and that's why it works. Yeah. Kind of in the same way of, like, King of Kong, if you ever watched that. That's another movie where you should watch that movie without knowing anything about the subjects. Because if you look it up, you'll be like, oh, this movie's lying to me. Yeah. But uh, those cool. were the main films I've seen. All right. Um, so I think we're pretty good for right now. I mean, like, I watched a couple other things, but they're not immediately worth talking about at the moment. Um, there was one other new movie, but uh, do I talk about it? Hmm. Nah. Can you talk about it in one minute? Yeah, I'll try. All right. Sure. Show me one minute's worth. Sure. Let's do this. Ready, set, go. Uh, This movie called Queen of Earth. Um, This movie was pretty miserable. Um, I went to this with a lot of goodwill. Uh, It's it's about this woman. Her father dies, and she goes to try to go... She goes to this cabin by a lake with her friend, I guess maybe to regroup. Right. But she's just like the whole movie she's going crazy and it uh it's it just makes you feel bad it's just all these it's like a movie where characters are constantly acting horrible to each other but there's nothing redeeming about the situation or the characters it's one thing if a film makes you feel sad because you feel bad about what happens to people yeah it's another thing for a movie to just make you feel kind of miserable i mean it's one i know i should take a story that's dealing with grief and loss you know seriously but it's an ugly movie yeah you know being slathered in ugliness uh it's a shame 
That's too bad. Alrighty. So if you've seen any of these movies that we've talked about today, uh, you know, like I said earlier, shoot us an email. Uh, we're at wagesofcinema at gmail.com. You could also tweet us. We're at wagesofcinema at gmail.com. Uh, no, no, wages of just at wages of cinema. We're our <laughs> that's our email connected with our Twitter, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> we we do get, we are getting some more followers, so that's very encouraging. Yeah. And of course, uh, if you're listening to us, uh, hopefully you're listening to us on one of our platforms. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher. Um, if you if you're listening to us on one of those apps, thank you for supporting us. Uh, if you're on iTunes, uh, if you can find the time, please write us a review and rate us. It helps us become more visible on iTunes. Uh, we've been getting uh, it's been kind of cool. I, I've been getting some messages from people from like South America who listen to us. Oh, that's, that's cool. great! Yeah, gracias. Yes, bienvenido. Um, I'm just gonna make up words now. Nachos. Uh, don't be racist, Jack. Oh, where are you the what are you the Cinemasins guy? <laughs> That's racist. Yeah. Um, but when we come back, uh, we have a new segment uh, for 2016 that we're going to present to you. So stay tuned.